0: Hello, everyone. I'm Jan Arden. Welcome to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. I'm here with Sarah Burke. We're in Toronto. She's in her home. I am in my home away from home. And we're really glad to be here. We got lots to talk about today, but I think right out of the gate, we're going to start by congratulating our friend, Frenza, Josie Dye, Cynthia Loist, with the launch of their podcast, Unmentionables. And maybe it's supposed to be Unmentionable to talk about other people's podcasts, but it is a kick But podcast unmentionables go look it up uh, on their first day out into the world they were in the top 10 on the Apple podcast grouping with some really fantastic other artists so we just wanted to congratulate them and that's it we will never honor their names again on this show ever
1: we sh- we should also say they will be our guests on next week's episode um Jen I don't want you to get angry at me I took a gamble this morning. I invited a secret guest on. A secret guest? A secret guest, because it, it involves one of the topics that we're going to cover today. So until then... Is it John
0: Tory, mayor of Toronto, who recently had an affair? Is that who it is? I had many work affairs in my life. Um, the mayor of Toronto who is stepping down, or has stepped down by the time you hear this, he had an affair with a younger person he worked with. But I have also slept with many a band member over the years. Is it, it doesn't seem like it counts,
1: Sarah. No, I get it. And the person who will be joining us, I think, will have an opinion. Um, they're also a Torontonian. Uh, they'll be joining shortly. Even when I texted you this morning being like, hey, Erin Davis, she sent us a tweet, right? Because we did a, a poll of what we should talk about on the episode. And a lot of people engaged with this tweet. A lot of people were saying, yeah, 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 we want to hear. She says, here's my idea for a topic. Is the idea of resigning because of a workplace affair antiquated, or do these moral guidelines need to be in place to protect vulnerable employees? And your special guest, Caitlin Green. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh my God, Caitlin. Oh.
2: <laughs> Hello. What's happening? Oh, just taking a wee break from trying to feed my giant baby solids to chat with you lovely ladies. (laughs) Caitlin, oh my gosh, Will is so friggin' cute. Thank you. And enormous.
0: (laughs) He he is getting like a chunky monkey, but you know what? So am I. And I find
2: it very attractive. That's right. We're all adorable and chunky, and that's how we like it. Yeah.
0: Tell us everything. So we, we we wanted to talk about Rihanna today. We wanted to talk about John Tory having an affair. We wanted to talk about Black History Month. We wanted to talk about... we want, Now we want to talk about you.
2: Well, I love talking about all of those things. So I'm down and obviously Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show was the biggest topic and the love of my life on stage at the Super Bowl was just... A thrill. Even though I feel like some people kept calling her low energy. Come
1: on.
0: She's pregnant. So Caitlin, having had a child yourself just months ago. Yeah. Standing on a platform that's moving through the air. They look like the tiniest cables in the world that were tethered to these yeah. platforms that I think probably weighed a lot. That were carrying humans on them. Anyway, it was absolutely breathtaking. I love the androgyny of the dancers that you didn't know if they were male or female. It wasn't sexualized, they look like the mini Michelin men or Pillsbury. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I just loved it too, Caitlin. I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm talking with people that really got it. So you're not mad at me. I'm not mad at all.
2: I was like, who are you having? Is it John Tory? No. (laughs) Oh my God. Imagine.
1: Halftime for, for Caitlin. I imagine that you loved that she did that and announced the pregnancy as part of the process this week.
2: Yeah. I loved it. But the thing that was funny was, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the camera guy, I want to know, I need his information so I can send him an email being like, why didn't, or maybe it was the director in the studio. Yeah, probably that actually. They didn't linger long enough on the pregnancy shot. So they cut away really quickly. And and because of the tone now, appropriately so, around guessing if a woman's pregnant or not everybody's rampantly at home Googling, like, is Rihanna pregnant? Is this a reveal?
1: Including my mom.
2: Yeah. And my husband's next to me and he's like, oh my God, I think Rihanna's pregnant. And I'm like, is she? Because she just had a baby nine months ago. So like maybe she's not like like that like you know just it, it's very close together and she could still be working on like post baby body and you never know and you want to give people a lot of time and respect around that so everybody spent i think half of the halftime show kind of going like is she or isn't she and i wish they had just lingered on it a little bit longer because then when it became really obvious it was like oh of course why why were we all like sitting on our hands for the first little bit but i mean that's we were watching it with a group of people and all of us were kind of like is there is this not and anyway so that part of it um i loved seeing her make the reveal there and her outfit was like kind of an homage to um a former editor for vogue called andre leontali
0: she actually had his coat on
2: yes she did and if you look back at her i think the theme a couple years ago at the met gala when she attended with her boyfriend asap rocky i think the theme was like americana like american influence on fashion And she wore this kind of beanie and then the iconic Norma Kamali sleeper coat. And that's what she was wearing this time. And so, and she was even wearing a black version of it when she was walking in and out of the stadium. So like there are levels with Rihanna that if you like look it up and look into it, or if you know her as an artist, then you'll, you'll you'll understand it. But people were like, she was wearing baggy clothing the whole time. Like I wanted to see her change a bunch of outfits. Then she put that big giant coat on and you couldn't even see her. And I was like, okay, okay, well, then you're not getting it. And that's fine. Like, it's not for everybody. But I also feel a little bit like ever since Lady Gaga wore her meat dress, there's this expectation that every (laughs) single artist is going to, like, get out there and stand on their head while they're wearing cold cuts. And, like, it's just not... That's not the way every artist is, and Rihanna is known for like. While they're wearing cold cuts, you know, like, and I've seen her. I've seen her live, and her stage presence. Like, she walked out when I saw her last to one of her songs called "Fresh Out the Runway," and she just walks out. She has a big runway. She takes a stance at the end. She gives everybody a look. Like, she is very self-assured. Her looks are iconic. I mean, yeah. So again, if if you're here for a different type of show, that's fine. I just don't I didn't like some of the I expected more. And I actually overheard somebody at my nail salon um talking like that a little bit and it was like me and my nail tech and then her nail tech were all like standing up for Rihanna's halftime show like our lives depended on it. It became this like whole moment. We were like, (laughs) what are you talking about? She was really tearing it down. Um, But I loved it. I loved the reveal. And again, like we said, she's pregnant. She's obviously probably into her second trimester. She has a nine month old at home. Like it would not be easy for you to train for this. It would not be easy for you to perform. they
0: they literally rent, you know, 30,000 square foot um, warehouses and they go over and over and over these routines. It was a lot of work. I mean, they may well obviously have had a stand-in working for Rihanna when they're training the dancer. She's not going to be there for that whole thing. No. But um just as far as the symmetry and the choreography. And I thought it was such innovative choreography. It just looked so fun. And how do you, when you're an artist with that kind of a catalog, choose the songs? Oh, I know. There's a few that I really wanted to hear that I didn't hear. I love California King bed, but I'm thinking, how can you sing about a California King bed at the Super Bowl? And you're pregnant? Oh, we know what happened on that California King back girl. Yeah, yeah.
1: Did you guys see the the clips of the NFL players walking in and they're all like singing
2: Ella, Ella, Gosh. Ella, like all yeah. the little Rihanna clips? I so see funny. That. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, you sometimes because she hasn't put out new music in such a long time, and she's been taking a break to focus on obviously her family, her personal life, and her Beauty Empire. But you forget how many hits she has, and it's just hit after hit after hit. And also a a very wide range of hits, you know, dance music, traditional pop, ballad, frankly, strip club anthems. Like she can kind of do it all. So I, yeah, I loved it. I'm never going to dislike anything Rihanna does.
0: Well, the commitment that you have to have, the, the confidence, like you said, Caitlin, it nerves of steel. Mm-hmm. Not only are you playing to 75,000 people in a live setting that you have one opportunity to get it right. And mm-hmm. it's time down to the second so you're thinking about just breathing, standing on your platform, being lifted up, remembering all the moves. Um, I had some people writing me saying the lip sync was off. She didn't even have the microphone near her face, and you could and the vocal was still going. And I'm like, listen, it's not about this at all. Oh. For one thing, she did have a live vocal mic in her hand. So yeah, she did. There, there's a live aspect to it, but there's also pre-record. That's done in case anything goes wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she's not gonna be up there moving around, you know, relying entirely on a vocal, because there's backup vocals and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of things. But her live band was there. Yeah. And and you know, they were playing, but yes, there's absolutely pre-recorded aspects, but people are so hard at them. I'm like, what have you done today? <laughs> Six months pregnant. <laughs> there's so much criticism, this armchair criticism going out to a woman who is not only championing Women artists, and like you said, her beauty empire and mm. all of that. But, but to be wor- a pregnant working woman, yeah. in the arts, we should all be standing up and cheering her on because it said so much about. I don't care if I'm pregnant; I'm doing it. And they knew she was pregnant when they yeah. started down this road. Yep, absolutely. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like out to here when we do the actual show, and that that got past a committee of probably a lot of men. Is a real exceptional yeah. woman. And we have to think of these things too because there was a day when that would have been completely shot down. Oh my God, absolutely. There's no way we're having a pregnant woman on the Super Bowl.
2: And you know, you really can't win because I bet you if she did go out there and do some advanced choreography and was like doing what some people felt like was missing from the show and was a lot more physically active, then people would be saying, I don't know if that's safe for a baby. I don't know if a pregnant woman should be doing that. You can't win. And so it's just one of those situations where I, I mean, I loved it. And the thing with the Super Bowl halftime show was everyone's going to have an opinion. It is one of those moments. It's like award shows where everyone's going to chime in on who they thought should have won or whatever. So I get that part of it. I just, some of the tone was like a bit not fun and that's what I didn't like. At first, Some people were like, this just wasn't for me, my favorite performer was X, Y, or Z, then like, I totally get it. Like, you know, I didn't love certain other halftime shows that other people thought were standout top five of all time. And that's just the way it goes in the entertainment industry. But doing that at the stage of pregnancy that she's at with a nine month old baby at home is no easy task, regardless of what you think of her.
0: And she was also not paid. I know. I know. They do it so for the promo. Everybody think of that. I mean, it's the, the promo is exceptional. Yeah. And I love that the, the, the cover that you had posted on your social media, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Vogue cover with, um, Asap Rocky. Uh, that cute baby oh my God. and just her walking ahead of him. And he's holding the baby. Like you said, there's so much to unpack with how she manipulates how we think, She's out front, she's walking in front, he's back there holding the
2: baby. Yeah. And the
1: caption, your caption was the best part, Caitlin. What did you say about yeah. the photo? I
2: said I'm telling my grandkids that this is the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop. Yeah. Well, I think also too, you've got to realize like ASAP Rocky's a really interesting artist himself. Um, he's a really self-assured, creative guy. The two she referred to them in the interview as best friends who have a kid. And they were friends for years. I saw him open for her. He toured with her on the um, tour that I saw. And so he was, they they have a a long time connection. And apparently they reconnected over the pandemic. And I think she said they rented like some fancy RV or they had an RV and they were out in like Joshua Tree Park or whatever and just hanging out. And I think, you know, the two of them. I'd have a baby too. Right. Like the two of them are pretty cool (laughs) together. And it takes a heck of a self-assured guy, especially in, you know, in hip hop to say, I'm going to walk behind her holding the baby and um it was great it was a real nice family portrait and i i think he knows who he's with obviously that she's a superstar and that that's part of what attracts him to her and he's his own superstar in his own world and in his own way um and it wouldn't work i wouldn't imagine it would work for them if it was any other way honestly so yeah i, I loved it i thought it was so sweet and that baby is just the cutest chubbiest little thing ever um it's just adorable
0: Oh, you're one to talk, Caitlin, because that baby of yours, I'm telling you what. I don't know how babies have any toes. I don't know how they all just don't get nibbled off because they're just like appetizers, especially around the Super Bowl. Don't put that baby's toes too close to the snack uh, table, honey, because people are going to think they're little tiny
2: niblets. Yeah, you want to just be like, they're so delicious. They're just so cute.
0: special guest, Caitlin Green. It's weird that I'm calling her a guest because she's normally here as my sidekick. Sarah Burke has been doing the most loveliest, amazing job, Caitlin, in your
1: absence. Caitlin's coaching me for the record.
0: (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Fantastic. Listen, before we leave, leave off of Rihanna uh, completely, I got more DMs, uh, queries, questions, perplexed thoughtfulness about Rihanna grabbing her bum and grabbing her crotch. And people were just like, you know, my kids were watching. And I'm saying this is a very small percentage of people. 99% of the people out there loved it. So can you comment on that, Caitlin, of just, you know, doing the booty call, bending over, it's bump forward and grabbing your butt. And I, I loved it. If it was my butt, I'd be grabbing my butt all the time too.
2: <laughs> it's a great butt. It's a great <laughs> grab away. I mean, she has a lingerie line, so but I do think you know um, that when you look at her, again, her music videos, when you look at her choreography, when she does go on tour, if you look back at her performance when she was celebrated, I think she received an icon award at the VMAs one year, and she did a whole different series of uh, dance numbers that were celebrating all the different types of music she does. And you see, you know, this is definitely this is her style and if you've ever watched any of her socials when she goes to a carnival in Barbados, you know, some of these dance moves are very much like this is what just what you see her doing is part of her life. And if you don't like get that then it's not for you. You Not everything in life is for you and not everything in life needs to have your approval or your understanding. And that's the part that I don't get. It's like, I always refer back to that Ricky Gervais clip that I've sent you, Jan, before, yes. where he said, you know, it's part of his stand-up routine. And he said, it's like somebody seeing something they don't like on the internet or on TV is the same as somebody seeing an ad for guitar lessons yes. in town square with a phone number and they rip it off and call it and go, but I don't want guitar lessons. <laughs> like, then don't. Like don't, who cares? Like who cares? Well, change the panel too. Honestly. And it's like, what is like, Oh, is Rihanna going to give you a refund for the two seconds of your life that you saw watching this? Like, come on, just who do not bother. I just think art is art. It's there to, to, to get us thinking
0: and to broaden our horizons and, I think most art isn't supposed to be met with just open arms and running towards each other in a field of daisies. I think, you know, like Madonna, she, she never ceases to surprise me because she's kind of been looking a little different than what we're used to. and, And she likes it. She's doing the grill all the time, but she, she posted something. It was last night and I saw it this morning and I thought this is where What artists do is so important. She goes, it's Valentine's Day. I know we're all supposed to be talking about love, but let's shine all our love. I'm paraphrasing here. All our kindness, all our caring to the people of Turkey and Syria, to the people there. Let's shine a light. And she posted a link where they can get donations. And then I read this other little sidebar article of this guy commenting on what her comment did for them for donations. Oh, wow. It just went up exponentially. Yeah. And and I just thought, good for you. wasn't about her. It wasn't about anything. It was just this statement of here's the best place to donate because her mm-hmm. millions of followers might step up for five bucks. And I'll tell you what, yeah. in people donating one or two or three dollars, guess what mm-hmm. that turns into in a hurry? Then you yeah. realize the importance of fame and what it actually is good for. Fame in politics, let's move on quickly to John Tory while Um right before the budget stuff, he admits to an affair and wants to step down. They're basically begging him not to step down until this budget is through, and uh the wife is nowhere to be seen. normally she's been no. there beside him so what what do you think about that?
2: Oh, it's a tough one because I feel like there's more um that is not currently public about this story in terms of just, you know, um, perhaps, yeah, some like private stuff. I think that's probably for the family to deal with. Uh, so that part of it is obviously not necessarily included in his statements and he is for many people in the city beloved, but he's had a long time to be in public office here in toronto and he had a corporate history before that and he is no stranger to media so you know he has a lot of relationships people really like him so i think it's understandable to me that um some people would be sad to see him go i also think some people are really not as long as he been there caitlin I want to like. I want to say he's been the mayor for at least ten years.
1: He's been in office since twenty fourteen.
2: Yeah. So I mean, and don't forget to like. It's 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 complicated, right? Because sure, is it's a consensual affair with two adults, but this is a thirty one year old junior staffer. He's sixty eight, and she's thirty one. And she's thirty one. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um,
0: and we haven't seen any
2: photos of of the the woman, have we? At all, not publicly. Again, I will say though that. In Toronto, in many circles, like people do know who it is. Um, They've seen photos. They know a name. I think she was given some sort of a job at MLSC. I could be wrong about that. There's a lot of stuff that is just kind of out there, but not really. Okay, well, do you think the man should step down because he had an affair? Uh, Well, I think that there's, again, I think that there's stuff that is not out there super publicly. Um, And so it's better to leave. Uh, because she's just, she's a much younger staffer. I think there's probably people within the staff that maybe perhaps felt that this was inappropriate to be carrying on, that they were put in precarious positions by maybe having to like conceal this secret because he is a, a well-known, very married man with four children. And, um, and Toronto is a big city, but it's a small town, kind of at the same...
0: Imagine she's the same age as
2: some of his children. Yeah. So I think... I think it's good. I think it's the right thing to do. Do I think that it takes away from some of, you know, his belovedness? Of course not. Um, no. And, and don't forget he came in on the heels of the Rob Ford days. Right. So a lot of people are also like this, this person was exactly what we needed. This was this, this kind of like fly straight, um, sort of guy, because uh, we were coming off of a guy who was seen smoking crack and speaking in Patois. Like it's just so the Toronto has just always been stuck ever since then with this bizarre reputation for having the crack smoking mayor. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where he came in, and people wanted him around. Obviously, he can was continually voted in, but a lot of people also now don't want to get into politics. It is hard to pull people into the ring in politics these days, yeah, because you because of the vitriol people face mm-hmm. and
0: what we said before with Rian in the arts you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're just not. Not going to please everybody. Politicians yeah. now face death threats on a regular basis. They have people, you know, sending them things that are so unbelievably outrageous. Yes. And that has become the norm in the last eight or nine years because of the man whose name we shall not speak that opened a box and just
2: let out this. There, there's just absolutely no decorum. No, there isn't. There isn't. And that's got to be part of the reason why I would think too. And again, this is like, I'm just putting myself in his position. Why you may not want to stay because everything you do is now going to be painted with this brush. And, you know, what if there is more information out there? Are you nervous that that comes out? And then, but there was this weird back and forth moment, like he now is officially resigning, but there was this weird back and forth moment this week where I think some people reported getting robo calls. Like, would you support John Tory coming back as mayor? And um, and I think also too, because there is this gap in leadership where who is going to run and who who would win and who's paying for the election, right? Like there's all those questions yeah. that pop up as well. So yeah, it's a t- it's a tough time to be. Imagine in. being
1: the deputy mayor. Yeah, oh my goodness, Jennifer uh, McKelvey.
2: Yeah, it's a, it. So that's who will take over. And then there was this rumor that Doug Ford was going to try to run for mayor because he had awarded those strong mayor powers to the mayors of Toronto and Ottawa recently. So it, everyone was like, "Why would he have done that?" Um, if and maybe because he wanted to step in. Isn't
0: Doug Ford the premier?
2: He is. Yeah. Um, so he so, gave up his premiership to be the mayor. Well, he's a lot of he's in a lot of hot water right now with the Greenbelt scandal, so yeah. uh, the amount of like you know alleged cronyism and crookery that's been happening with developers and then his daughter' stag and Doe, which we, we know apparently raised six hundred thousand dollars and they had a lot of developers in attendance there. so then I don't he has said I'm not doing that uh, and I, I don't believe that he is doing that, but there was this rumor going around that people thought, hey, that would be something because you're now no longer the premier, his deputy would take over, he could run, but I don't think you would ever get voted. I don't think his voting base is really Toronto based anyways. like I don't think that he has a, a ton of the same kind of support here that he does perhaps in the rest of the province, but... It's just like politics is just like this all the time. And you can like feel when you're talking about it. You're like, you can feel like, like, Oh my God, like people are going to pop off about this and the ick that comes with it. And that's why I think people don't want to run anymore. Like they're not as interested as they once were in local politics.
0: You know, Nicola Sturgeon, who was, you know, leading Scotland for, you know, the last eight years, she's stepping down as well. So we've seen two very prominent world leaders, um, in New Zealand and, um, and now in Scotland, they're just like, this job requires so much. These are women with families. And it's, it's weird to see them actually going eight years is I'm topped out. Now somebody needs to come in here with fresh ideas that isn't clouded in the politicking of it, which is the antithesis to someone like Vladimir Putin who you know stepped away from being the the you know the the whatever the dictator of Russia, yeah. and then had to come back and manipulate the system to do this again
2: to to do what he's doing now. Like I mean, I, I think too, it depends on the time when you're in politics as well. Because of social media, it is a lot more. Um, Intense around politicians and any public figure. There's a lot more hate, there's a lot more harassment. I don't think, you know, I I do think we're going through a large global mental health crisis as well, obviously, after the last few years that we've lived through. So, all that to say, politicians do get abuse in a way that they never used yeah. to, and people have access to them that they never used to. I would I mean I can't imagine wanting to do it in a jo- as a job for the first in the first place, but I've often felt like politicians sh- everywhere should have set term limits just because I do think it's actually quite a taxing job. It's very hard on you. Well, they do in the United States with the presidency, you know there's there's the eight limits, two terms, yeah, and that's that. And it, it it also then forces the parties to continue to look for new talent and to not stagnate and to not put too much of their eggs in the basket of one specific politician. And then they kind of weaken themselves. And you see that happen in politics all the time. And both parties in Canada have fallen victim to that mentality before. And then they sort of find themselves in the political woods for a period of time. So I think it makes sense. Like when they're saying, oh, you know, I've done it for eight years, I'm out. I'm like, yeah, no, that tracks. Like I would like you, everyone should just have their, little moment and then it's like okay i've done my time next person comes in please and and let's just like freshen things up and make sure that the person who's in charge of your country is not so burnt out that perhaps they're not doing the best job i've been asked so many times to go into
0: politics really elizabeth may green Green party elizabeth may a couple months ago she sent me a message she goes have you any any desire to run you know to be an mp and i'm like i just i'm not i'm sorry elizabeth yeah. Rick Mercer talked about being inundated with, you know, requests like that all the time. I mean, it's bad enough, kind of the, the stuff that I endure that is self inflicted a lot of the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 I, uh
0: I walk right into it. But uh, I just can't imagine. Uh Bonnie Henry, I met her, she was the uh you know, the chief medical advisor in British Columbia during mm-hmm. during COVID. And uh I just happened to be on a on a talk show called Vance and Steel. Um Jody Vance and Linda Steele have a show that just plays right now in British Columbia, but she was a guest and I got a chance to talk to her and she was there with an RCMP guard an under guard. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to her a little bit about that and she goes, it's just, she goes, I would never have fathomed that this would be my reality No. but it is something she goes, she's not with me all the time. It was a woman. Yeah. You did not have a uniform on but she's mm-hmm. just a little bit of a buffer to buy Bonnie Henry a little bit of time to be safe getting into her car or getting wherever she's going and it really broke my heart because these people were put into impossible situations the last couple of years you know what what do you what do you do
2: anyway. i know and it used- You see even like doctors and stuff, people that you wouldn't think would ever be harassed, um, being harassed on social media now just because they're talking about the pandemic, which was then politicized, which is crazy. So it does happen. We're about to have another special guest join us. Oh,
0: I would like to see who the special guest is. Gee whiz. He's
1: he's such a Gerber baby. I know he's very, very big. We are not sponsored by Gerber, but we will accept. And Will, what are your thoughts on Mayor John Tory? He said, I bet he has good snacks. That's
2: all he cares about is
0: snacks. (laughs) You and I are cut from the same cloth because I really don't care about anything else but a snack. You're such a, oh my gosh, he's cute. Anyway, at home listening, I'm sorry you can't see Caitlin's baby, but if you go onto her Instagram and uh, I don't, you know, when my cheeks like that, that look like that, people are getting injections to look like that kid. I know. Thanks for saying hi to us today, Caitlin. It's always great to hear you weigh in. And of course let's have a conversation in the next two or three or four weeks and and figure out when you'll be coming back to hang out with me and sarah oh very soon great well nice to see you will once again you talked our (laughs) legs
2: off that's right you go have a nice day you have a nice nap mister thanks for coming on caitlin bye guys
1: Welcome back to the Jan Arden Podcast
0: and Show. I'm here with Sarah Burke. Caitlin Green was our special guest today. That was so nice. She was quite active on Twitter. And to see Will. I was reading her Twitter stuff about Rihanna and her posting the Vogue cover. And, you know, just a a point, you know, to put out there to everybody is, you know, we're all just trying to do our best. Artists aren't going on shows like the Super Bowl to do a bad job. They're out there doing the best possible job that they think with their art, with their catalog, with their music, their vision, how they want, you know, to have the clothes. And you better believe that Rihanna was involved in this from the one inch off the ground to the absolute end, to what, how she signed off, what she said, everything, how she got into the arena, how she left. And she wasn't there to, to do a bad job or to be disliked. She wanted to entertain people for 13 minutes. And criticism is, it's just the plague of a, a, a modern century. Um, the fact that you do have access to artists, they can actively and instantly see your comments, whether they are uplifting comments or derogatory comments, you know, artists have access to that. So a lot of us choose not to even read it because listen, if you're going to listen to the accolades, you're going to have to weed through the the, the crappy stuff too. So Anyway, that's just my take on that. Everyone's doing the best they can. They're proud of their work. They've worked all their lives to create something. And you know, I don't I don't like all music. There's some stuff that just doesn't fit in my biology. It just doesn't feel right in my body, and, and that's, that's okay. It's okay. What would you play
1: from the Jan Arden catalog at Super Bowl halftime if you were going to be the Super Bowl halftime show? <laughs>
0: I would be the worst halftime <laughs> entertainment ever. Uh, even my own mother would say, you've got nothing peppy. There's <laughs> no possible way you can do the Super Bowl because you've got nothing peppy. You could put Poppy on a platform. I, I think I would just send Poppy out there. They'd, they'd love to see him. You know, if, ever if I ever had an opportunity that outrageously amazing, I think I would really rely on... Old stuff, I would go with Good Mother and Could I Be Your Girl. Like, I'm just talking little yeah. clips. I'd probably grab Where No One Knows Me, a little clip of that song. You know, so 13 minutes. If you did five songs with a couple, like two and a half minutes each or something, or do you do eight songs that are a minute 40? Like, what do you do? You know, someone's got to get out there. let do Christmas carols. You know, a Super Bowl Christmas extravaganza. I don't know if I would be able to breathe. I don't know if my nervous system, my nerves could withstand that kind of pressure.
1: It would be nuts.
0: I think it would help an unbelievable amount to have a lip sync opportunity, to have a live mic, but to have your tracks running. I don't dance. I mean, what the hell would I do? They would have to strap me to that pole and then I would just never leave it. At least (laughs) Rihanna walked around. And I loved how her minimal little moves that fell in with how all the Michelin men were moving, our puffy guys, um, were so sexy and cool. Like even if she did like an arm move or a leg move that was very minimalized, when it fit into all those hundreds of dancers, imagine the work. Here, here's how people watch that. They're looking for someone to be out of sync. That's <laughs> yeah. what some people watch. Life. But this is a bigger, this is, this is a glass half full or glass half empty. That's how people look at life. How are you going to look at life? How are you going to look at the life around you? Are you always going to be looking for those flaws and those mistakes? And I don't like that. And it didn't taste good. I'm sending this back. People make their entire lives about that. They'll never get a meal in a restaurant that's, well, you know, it just wasn't
1: hot enough for me. And that's Jan's take on Super Bowl halftime.
0: And yeah, the, the Super Bowl is just a small example of being that person who's just hurling this vitriol, this negativity into the universe, that is what you are going to get back. I don't make my way through life like that.
1: That's why we love you. I
0: just don't. We're we're going to we're going to leave this aside now. And there's just something I really did want to talk about today sure. for a little bit, and that's Black History Month. Sure. And I just I want to know your thoughts and and you know, you you pose that question to me, how does how does it affect you? How does it affect how you think, or what are, what experiences can I bring to the table? And I wanted to ask you that, and how mm-hmm. you you bring mindfulness to that, and you know what can I do? How, how how can I even be involved in Black History Month?
1: So, I mean, for you and I, we have platforms, right? So, I think that's mm-hmm. sort of what it comes down to for us. Um, I'll give you a very close to my heart example, Um, a girlfriend of mine in radio, she's one of the only black women who works in country music in this country. And she has shared a lot about her experience coming into the genre as a black woman, and Mm -hmm. how she feels, you know, especially during a month like this kind of stressed the whole month. And and I said, tell me more about that. And she said, constantly being asked my opinion on something while well, it's good. And, uh, you know, she likes to engage in conversations around how we can make things better in this industry and outside of the industry. Even if she's feeling annoyed about it, she'll put up with that for the greater good, you know, even though sometimes it might come from a token place. For example, let's say she, she said, you know, let's say I'm applying for a new job. All of my friends who are black are worried that I'm going to be selected because I'm black because now all these organizations are trying to be more mindful of it. And while that's a great goal for any organization to have, how does it affect the person who might be, you know what I mean?
0: And then you have to vector into that, how your colleagues are going to perceive you and that, are you there on your own merit? There's so many things that, that do play in and things that you and I as white women never have to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's no caveat to this. You know, I was going to say women in general who have been historically marginalized in every culture, uh, if you look at what has been going on in Iran the last three, four, five months, if you look at what happens in China, the one-child policy that went on for years and years where, you know, female infants were literally thrown out. And then to be a Black woman... Um, and I heard a very interesting story about uh, a Black Jewish gay woman. I remember reading this article, and the name escapes me. And if I can go back through my stuff and find it, I'm going to find it. my history, Sarah, because I want you to know this woman's name. Okay. I was, I was interested in the article just because she was speaking to Black History Month. And then she was speaking to, she goes, now imagine this. I'm also Jewish, a Black Jewish woman, and I'm also a Black Jewish lesbian. And so I was reading this article, and the stuff that she has encountered, the I, I can't even fathom that she said is a barrage. That's the word she used on a daily basis. But the joy, the positivity, the community outreach, the the other people's lives that she touches, the trans people, the work that she does in her community, and this is in Atlanta. Oh wow! Um, and I just was thinking about my own life, like where where would I? I don't even have anything to compare it to. But I think what she did say, she goes, you want to know how to help? Be empathic. Be tolerant. Be open-minded. Smile at me when you cross me in the street. You know, engage me. Ask me questions. If you don't know, ask me questions. She says that's what you can do.
1: And I think that's what my girlfriend was maybe alluding to is like, even though she gets exhausted of maybe being that representative for certain people who are looking to lean on her Mm -hmm. because she's Black, she does still want to participate in that. She's just acknowledging that it's kind of unfortunate and exhausting that she has to do that. And here's like a super real example. If I go to my Women in Media podcast page, you know, the last four guests are blonde, white women. Am I aware of that? 100%. Do I try my best all year round to make sure I have diverse voices on the podcast? Absolutely. But to someone who has their guard up, it might look a different way. You know
0: what I mean? Yes. And and remain inquisitive, supportive um this may seem like a small thing but during black lives matter when that movement started one thing i was made very aware of that my silence and my lack of engagement in my social media spoke volumes about how i didn't want to be perceived and i was afraid of saying the wrong things and everything i read is like don't be afraid of saying the wrong thing or asking the wrong question you have to ask the questions what i was getting to is that i it was recommended to me to follow black artists creators black women in businesses all over the world and i did cuz i the question that was posed to me that made me kind of ashamed is look at your look at your social media and i looked at my social media and i had a hard realization it's hard for me to
1: even i've say had this, this too i've had this too
0: and i'm looking at it, i'm going this, this viewpoint, this, what I'm looking at here, and it's filled with really great people and really great creators and great artists, but there's no diversity. And, and what, what is there is just happenstance and I need to actively go out and to promote black businesses and black creators and, you know, black vegan chefs. And even in the vegan community, I've, I've heard so many stories about black vegan creators, chefs, um, Food stylists, people in that community that have felt very marginalized because even parts, aspects of the vegan movement, which is about marginalized beings, and then Black people are like, "Yeah, get it." You know. <laughs> yeah. we're... Anyway, it was it was really interesting. So I I delved into that reading, but my my social media, I'm happy to say, looks so much better, and I'm learning more and seeing people, women, men, trans people from all over the world and what they do. And it's so much more interesting for me. And I've learned so much in the last couple of years, but they're hard lessons. And they come at having that moment of, you know, checking in with yourself and going, what am I? Because my silence is complacency.
1: I feel that so hard what you just said. And then to to the average person listening right now who maybe doesn't have a huge social media following, like we are are lucky that this is the world that we work in and everything, and we have things that we can do that show our support or activism towards things. But for the average person, like Jan said, it's a journey in self. Ask questions, learn, you know, Black History Month, learn about the history of Black people.
0: Well, I think people in Canada have this very odd idea that racism somehow doesn't exist here. You know, if they're looking at a comparison to our neighbors, to the South, it's simply not true. Slavery, people that worked for other people for decades, generations in this country.
1: We have to look in the mirror too.
0: And, and it is, it's, it's a very hard conversation to have. And I, hope to someday live in a world where we don't have to have gay pride and we don't have to have Black History Month and we don't have to have, you know, Trans Awareness Month, that we can actually be a society that is inclusive, tolerant, understanding, supportive, inspiring. But I need to do a hell of a lot better. And I wasn't going out of my way by any means to not be a champion and a supporter. But like I said, my silence, my lack of learning and finding out and asking the questions and what can i do and what can i post and who can i follow those are all really important really easy things that you can do mhm and you can start today love this i'm i'm being earnest i i think that is a real a real issue of not wanting to step on you know saying the wrong things and and i will say this right now like <laughs> to anyone who's listening i am afraid of saying the wrong thing, but this is what I want to get past. It's okay if I do say the wrong thing. I'm afraid of it, but it's okay if I do. I I just, you know, I, I have lots of trans friends right now. People I've known for years that are transitioning. Like it is a really odd time for me just because did I not see, did I not really understand? But I'll tell you what, my friend, Ari, Ari, shout out to you took me out to a wolf sanctuary west of Calgary. We went for the day and they let me ask any question, anything that I was confused about that I didn't understand. And it was the best afternoon I've ever had because of their openness, the ability to laugh, to laugh at me and stuff that I was like, what about this? And I just thought, just do it. So I'm grateful to you, Ari. Just so grateful. You know, something that I really like to do on the show is touch base with you, the listener, and read some of your tweets and read some of your comments. Because sometimes they really make me laugh out loud. Sometimes they really make me cock my head to one side and go, <laughs> what are we talking about here? What is? Where are we going with this? Sarah, go ahead and read some, read some, uh, read some comments from the people.
1: Okay, so Kelly uh, tweeted us, and she said, "Tonight, I had the best idea: run a contest to be a guest on the podcast. That might be cool." Mm, okay. Right? I did a poll of like what we should talk about Valentine's Day um, in a romantic way, in a single person's way. I weighed in on it, and then I said, "And if you don't like something in the poll, tweet us your topic." And Jody tweeted in. Pentatonics and their rise from nothing to stardom, getting their star on the Walk of Fame in a week. I don't. I don't even know who Pentatonics is. Do you? <gasps> Blasphemy! I don't. Sarah, who's Pentatonics? They are
0: the most incredible a cappella singing group. Okay. Not since Manhattan Transfer. That'll go back in the vault. You're, Sarah's looking at me like Manhattan Transfer. Look up Manhattan <laughs> Transfer. And look up Pentatonics. Acapello genius. Okay. okay. Um, Bobby McFerrin comes to the world. Don't worry. Be happy. That was all his voice. So he did all the parts. Wow. So okay. Pentatonics, just a big vocal group, and they're doing drums and bass lines and guitars and with horns. do it with their voices. It's
1: nutty. Okay, Jody, we see you. Um, This is more of a comment. I'm just going to say hi to Christine who says that she wanted to talk about her crush on me. This is my first time having anyone tell me they have a crush on me on the the internet. So thanks, Christine. (laughs) Um, How about this Aaron Davis tweet? Going back to John Tory for just some of the comments that came in from that. We got a note from Lama, I think is her name. Let me be straight. I believe in workplace guidelines, accountability, and respect. Asking for a friend, do all women need protection? What if it was mutual? How do we then define vulnerability? Good topic for conversation.
0: I think this was a very consensual relationship that John obviously had with his his work mate,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I don't I don't think it was a a me too thing where it was an unwanted advance. No, I, mean, I don't this either. Was lengthy, this was a lengthy relationship, but I do understand what uh, our listener meant. And it's uh, interesting. Yeah. You know, where do you draw the line? How do you have the conversation? I think you, you have to have your own guidelines in your life of what's acceptable behavior to you. And, and, you know, to stand up for your girlfriends that need you to stand up for them. And you, you found another one. Okay, I I'm,
1: I, I'm excited for this one. Okay. okay. Stacy says, how about Chelsea Handler's response to the Fox News little boys club and their frustration with her happiness and success did you see she posted a yeah. video about like why she yeah. doesn't have children she does that a lot it's nothing new right yeah. it's part of her brand a day in the life of a childless woman the point is to make you feel
2: good about being in. An- aging, deeply unlikable woman who never had kids. Narcissism, it makes you happy. Feminists like Chelsea Handler, they've been lied to by their society forever, that you could be a girl boss and you can do anything a man can do, which everyone
0: who's ever seen a woman back up a vehicle knows that's not true. Your womb resembles a dried up tumbleweed blowing down an old western town, and your Valentine's Day date for the 10th year in a row is a 10-year-old copy of Magic Mike and a half-full bottle of Xanax, and you're trying to
1: pretend like you're happy. But you're not happy. This lady is miserable. I mean, she is miserable and it's written all over her face how miserable she is.
2: Hey, everyone. I woke up this morning, well, more like this afternoon, and noticed that there was an emergency meeting of the receding hairline society to discuss a comedy video I filmed about not wanting kids. Wow. Why would I even need my own children when I get to hear these crybabies all the time? I mean, I can't believe that bearded version of Tucker Carlson thinks I would take a half a bottle of Xanax. I'd take way more than that, you silly goose. Look, I don't want to debate whether or not I'm a girl boss, although I did just look at my bank account and think, that's pretty girl boss. You guys seem so triggered by me. I mean, my goodness, Tucker, I think it is time for you to ask yourself a serious question. Are you really upset about how much freedom I have? Or are you upset that you haven't been able to take it away from me yet?
0: Well, it was the most appalling commentary. I I don't know how white middle-aged guys are still getting away with this kind of dialogue. But Chelsea Handler is fierce. And I am going to tell you right now, one of my highlights of 2022 was meeting Chelsea. I went to her comedy show in Calgary. Um, Carla, if you're out there, Carla, her assistant, her road manager... We're hoping to have Carla on the show, an upcoming show. Carla has, is, I, I just want to talk to her about her job and how she got her job and It'd be so cool and, and what it's like working with Chelsea. So we're definitely working on that one right now. And, uh, but yeah, it's just Chelsea is, she's, she is very fearless. She's very bold. She's very much her own person. She meets with a lot of vitriol. You know, Chelsea has a lot of millions of people cheering her on, but she also has people that, just wish she would
1: shut up. I feel like you and her have a similar situation. You're both very strong voices and you it comes with a lot of support, but also like the trolls are there too.
0: Oh, I'm not even anywhere close to, you know, where Chelsea Handler is. But the thing that drives, I think, people crazy, men in particular about Chelsea, is that she's extraordinarily smart. Yes. She's funny and she's very witty. She's an incredibly intelligent. And you know, on top of that, yeah, she's blonde and beautiful, and with a rocking body, and she tells it like it is. So, thanks for that, Stacy. Stacy M. Uh, I, I love hearing Stacy's comments. She's always funny and forthright, and and uh, there's there's some. I think our voices are getting stronger. Women's voices are, are are getting stronger. They they have to, like Rihanna standing pregnant on a platform, Hell singing yes. across seventy thousand people singing. I mean, there's. There's statements and then there's statements. I think Rihanna, that pre- performance is going to go down in history as, as uh, you know, who knows how to to measure the greatness of these performances, but it gave everybody so much fuel.
1: Another woman that I would compare in a similar light to Rihanna, who's, you know, broke a lot of boundaries, at least in country music, um, Shania Twain, and Linda says you should interview her.
0: Yeah, Shania has been interesting. You know, she's, she came out once again to probably male criticism. She goes, no, my body doesn't look like it used to. I don't look like I used to. I don't sing like I used to, but I'm going to get out there and kick ass. And, uh, she, she gets a lot of flack for lip syncing. It's, you know, it is what it is. If you're willing to get out there and bring joy, perform for people, give it your all critics be damned. Like, Jesus, it's Shania Twain. Like (laughs) she's, she can do whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that out there. Shania, if you're listening, you know, give me a dingle. You've got my number.
1: Before we wrap up today, I did want to ask you, um, as you know, I I think we both live like similar in in our romantic lives, even though, yes, yes, I have a boyfriend right now, but I'm living a single life. I live alone. You know what I'm saying? How was Mm -hmm. your Valentine's Day? Do you care? Do you make plans with friends? What do you do? I want to say
0: I don't care, but I know that's not true. I've been single for seven years. When I walked into the hall, I had a gig on Valentine's Day. And I walked into the hall and there was a card in my dressing room and I opened it up. And it was a Valentine's Day from Jerome, who is the manager of the building that I was singing in. And he (laughs) said, just to make sure that you got a valentine. When I went out to do my sound check, I had at the foot of my mic stand a chocolate heart bomb for hot chocolate that was from Chris, my road manager. So sweet. And all the band, everybody got one, just so you had a little Valentine. And then I felt like an a-hole because I'm like, I didn't get you guys nothing. Um, I think I've been very romantic at different points in my life. I think you hear it in my songwriting and certainly early days, 20s and 30s, all the stuff that I was writing was about love in some form. And of course, then you go through a period of like bitterness and you have
1: to
0: (laughs) face the music and realize that you are the common denominator in every relationship that you've had over 30 years and kind of go, well, I was, I seem to be at the heart of a lot of these failed mishaps of relationships. So I would obviously love to Still, think about doing romantic dinners and getting flowers and all, all the corny stuff. And then when I lay in bed at night, I'm like, I don't want that. And of course, Miley Cyrus has come out with the anthem of the century.
1: Oh, it's so good. Where I can
0: buy my flowers. And, you know, speaking, she was speaking of a breakup of someone that gave her all these things that somehow gave her confidence and gave her compliments. And, and lifted her and and made her feel loved and then the chorus refrain is so great because Miley breaks into this thing of I don't I can have long conversations with myself. I can give myself flowers. I can look after myself. I can compliment myself. I mean I'm paraphrasing here but that song man it is all over TikTok, it is all over every social media form. It's probably uh, her biggest song since the climb i would imagine a wrecking ball which were two of her massive hits and and she's so she's just so sassy she she just owns that she looks great she's this tall kid that used to be Hannah Montana like god <laughs> look how far she's come and yeah. she just looks like she doesn't give a shit it's like i am part. here for all of this and it's a great message for women that are always somehow self-reliant on a man or a woman or their girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, giving them credibility. Like, what, what are we waiting for? No, you got this. You listen to that voice in your head that is cheering you on. Don't, don't join into the choir of negativity that we are in, inundated with every day of our lives. You got to cheer yourself on
1: and uh lean on your friends and going full circle back to chelsea Mm -hmm. handler and the comment that we got from Mm -hmm. twitter the end of that video with chelsea handler she says i'm in a relationship with myself and guess what yourself never goes away so you better treat that relationship with a lot of honor
0: that's perfect we're gonna leave it there we hope you've had a fun journey through today's show and uh, keep those comments coming we're on facebook We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. You know, Sarah and I might even consider getting a Jan Arden podcast
1: TikTok. Oh, boy.
0: We don't yet. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what you think about this week's show. You can subscribe on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Once again, another shout out to Unmentionables. Josie, Cynthia, congratulations on your launch. Go listen to Unmentionables. You might even hear from yours truly on one of those episodes. (laughs) <laughs> coming up so you never know
1: and they'll be with us next week so come on back for that
0: yes you've just heard a few minutes of bonus stuff that didn't end up on the radio show this week I'm Jan Arden thanks for listening to We Do.
1: this podcast is distributed by the women in media podcast network find out more at women in media dot network